the thief comes not except to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that you might have an enjoy life, life in abundance until it overflows. Discover how to live the abundant life in Christ through the ministry of Pastor Oseyao Afwakwa. Pastor Afwakwa is the founder and general overseer of Embassy of Life Chapel, a thriving ministry headquartered in Kumasi with a network of churches in Kumasi and Accra, Ghana. God has commissioned him to train believers through the teaching of the good news of the kingdom to know God better, live life better, and impact the world better. Get set for an empowerment that will enable you to live a life of all-round victory, success, and limitless prosperity. God bless you as you listen. Okay, Psalm 11 verse 3. He says, If the foundations be destroyed, the righteous can do nothing. If the foundations be destroyed, what can the righteous what? What can the righteous say? I am the righteousness of God. And I'm able to do exploits. As I stand on the solid foundation. Yeah, the Bible said the people that do know their God shall be strong and do exploits. If the foundations are destroyed, you can't do much. You can't do much with your life. You can't do much in your Christian life. You can't have much in Christ. There is so much God has made available for you in Christ. And you need to build on a solid foundation. One of those foundations we talked about is the foundation of the word of God, the foundation of Christ, the foundation of honor, which we just uh, uh, scratched the surface. Honor, we just scratched the surface of honor with the first fruit. And then we will come back to it again in the course of a year. Then we talked about the foundation of love. Somebody say the foundation of love. Say the foundation of love. And then we also talked about the foundation of service. For me, these things I'm teaching you this year are things that are they are like uh, building blocks for the church. I told you that the church has gone through a rebirth and we are building on a new foundation. Somebody say a new foundation. Uh-huh. So these are the foundations upon which our church must be built. Uh-huh. And if you look at if you look at our core values, Christ likeness, that's basically what we are rocking you through here. So you can appreciate what we are teaching here. And then if you are also going to live a meaningful, impactful Christian life, these things must be in your life. Somebody say they must be in my life. Say they must be in my life. A lot of people call themselves Christians, but they don't know what the Christian life is about. They don't know it. They don't know it. So people come to church and all they think about is a breakthrough because the Christian, they think that Christianity is synonymous to breakthrough. But when you are saved, the greatest breakthrough is the, break, the greatest breakthrough a man can receive the salvation of his soul. Yeah, the greatest breakthrough a man can receive in his life is the salvation of his soul. Then every other thing. And when you keep on appreciating the breakthrough of salvation and you begin to walk accordingly, other breakthroughs happen in your life without praying for them. They happen in your life without what? Praying for them. Without hunting after them. Without going after them. But when you neglect this foundation, that's why a lot of people are in Christ, but they are a pale shadow of people who are in Christ. Because they are in Christ, but their mind is outside Christ. And that's why we want to help you. So you focus on the things that are important. Come with me to Romans chapter 12, verse 9 to 11. Let love be what? Let love be. Abhor what is. Hold fast to what is. 
Okay, verse number 10. Love one another with I'll do one another in do not be be fervent in spirit. Somebody say, I am not slothful. Say, I am not slothful. Say, I'm not spiritually lazy. Yeah, that, that's what it means. Don't be slothful means don't be spiritually lazy. A lot of us are very great when it comes to our professional works. But when it comes to prayer, you pray small, you are tired. Study the word small, you are dozing off. You are lazy spiritually. And it should not be so. He said, do not be slothful in zeal. Be fervent in spirit. Serving the Lord. Serving the Lord. Serving the Lord. There are some dreams where you become spiritually diligent. You won't have them again in your life. You will never. You will never. There are some nonsense dreams. I have never had one since I've been working with the Lord. When you are spiritually diligent, it opens you up. So he says, don't be slothful. Turn to your neighbor and say, don't be slothful. But be what? Be fervent in the spirit and serve the Lord. Somebody say, I serve the Lord with spiritual fervency. Well, come with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 58. Now let's do it together. One go. So then, my dear friends, stand firm and steady. Keep always, keep busy always in your work for Keep what? No, 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 no. Let's pause for a moment. Take a holiday in your work for the law. Talk to me. Take a holiday. Go on a vacation. Uh, suspend your time of engagement. He said, do what? Keep always in your work for the Lord. For since you know that nothing you do in the Lord's service is ever... I want to ask you something this morning. Do you know that nothing we do for the Lord is ever useless? How many of you genuinely know that? You, you see, there is a mental assent and there is a spiritual conviction of a thing. There is a way you mentally agree with something and then you are strongly convicted about it. Like for instance, Pastor Ray is, you know without a shadow of doubt that you are a male. Are you not? You are convicted about it. Nobody can let this man doubt that he's a male. He's, he's, he's not something he can doubt. It's not something that his mind is... No, 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 no. And when it comes to us, things that we are talking about like this, sometimes we, we, we know in our head that when we do something for the Lord, it's never useless. But it does not... You, you, you know, it has not eaten you up. Do you understand what I'm saying? It has not eaten you up so that it, it, is, it becomes your natural response in everything you do. Everything you are doing, you are doing with that consciousness. You see, when it eats you up like that, it's, it's like the way that is Muslims know that you don't touch some things. They are convicted that you don't speak against the imam. You, they are convicted. You can do anything, but don't go there. The moment you go there, it, it provokes a certain response. I'm not communicating here. That's the kind of thing I'm talking about. You see, you may know it in your head, but you are not convicted about it. When you are not involved, you can feel it because you don't understand it really. Praise the Lord. He says, for as since you know that nothing you do in the Lord's service is ever useless. Now, if this is true, like I just asked you, and you said it's true, how many of you agree with me that it's true? You agree that when you do anything for the Lord, it's never useless? Okay, so if that is the case, how come a lot of people don't engage and are not always busy? Look at this. He says, keep busy always. Somebody say, keep busy always. Keep busy always. 
Keep busy all. Keep busy all. Huh. Keep busy always in your work for the Lord. Since you know the motivation that will keep you busy always is your knowledge of the fact that what I'm doing is profitable. Are you with me here? Yeah. What I'm doing is profitable. So you give it your all. You are busy. You are tired, but you are doing it. You are weary. You should be sleeping, but you are coming for prayer meeting. Yeah. You, you have given and given, but we are still giving. Why? Because you know that it's never, never, never in vain. That is what I'm teaching this morning. If this is true, how come a lot of people don't engage in the service? How come somebody can stay in church for years and not engage in any relevant area of adding value to the body of Christ? How come? How come? I want to walk you through 12 common reasons why some Christians refuse to serve in God's house. Number one is lack of understanding of God's purpose for salvation. Somebody say, God has a purpose. Say it with me. God has a purpose for saving me. Say, God has a purpose for saving me. Give me uh, uh, Exodus chapter 8. It's not part of my reference. Exodus chapter 8 verse 1. Exodus chapter 8 verse 1. The kingdom's version or new King James version. Exodus chapter 8. Then the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Go to Pharaoh and say unto him, That saith the Lord, Let my people go that they may serve me. Somebody say, Let my people go. Yeah. Say, Let my people go yeah. that they may serve me. Now, why did God save us? We need to answer that question because a great price was paid for our salvation. The Bible says, He gave up Himself. To redeem unto himself a zealous people, good zealous, a, a peculiar people, zealous unto good works. Why did God save me? Ask your neighbor, why did God save you? Yeah. He has a purpose for saving you. Israel had been in servitude, just like we were in servitude to sin, for years on end. All have sinned. Everybody who was of a Jewish descent was in bondage to Egypt for 430 years. And God said, I'm going to set them free. And the reason I'm setting them free is one thing, that they may go and save me. Somebody say, go and save me. Uh -huh. So he didn't set them free so they'll go to Canaan and enjoy. They enjoyed in Canaan, remember? They said, I'm bringing you to a good land, a land that flows with milk and honey, a land that has all kinds of goodies in it. But that was not the purpose. They were not saved to come enjoy Canaan. They were saved to serve. Somebody say, I'm saved to serve. That is God's purpose. And you need to understand that. In the book of Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8 to 10, he said, by grace you are saved through faith and are not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works. Lest any man should boast. Verse 10, he said, for we are his workmanship in Christ Jesus. For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto what? Good works. Somebody say, I am created. Huh. The Bible said, if any man be in Christ, is what? A new creation. You've been created for good works. Somebody say, I'm created for good works. The new century uh, version of Titus 2 verse 14. This is what he says. He said, who gave himself? Who did what? Gave himself for us so that he may pay. That he may what? Pay the price to free us from all. Please read that with me. All. And to make us pure people who belong only to him. People who are always wanting. Ask your neighbor, what are you always wanting to do? I know that some of you can't answer, but for you, it's some of you, it's always to make money. 
You are always wanting to make money. You are always wanting to add value to yourself. Great. You always wanting to have a child. Always wanting to marry. Always wanting. The Bible said the reason why you were saved is so that you will always be wanting to do good works. May that grace rest upon you. So most people don't understand why they were saved. And until you understand that, you see, when the purpose of a thing is not known, abuse is inevitable. And as long as you are abusing your life, the, the purpose for which God gave you life, he has no reason to sustain that life. That's why sometimes we can tell you that there is a way you can live your life where you are so valuable that you don't think death. Am I communicating here? Yeah, you are so useful. You see, when, when there is a, you, you are working in a place and they have a challenge during the COVID. There were people who, who were sackable, but there were people who were not dismissable. Do you know? Yes. They, they laid a lot of people off, but not everybody was laid off. And in every organization, not everybody can be laid off at a time. There are some who are so valuable. Now, amazing that, uh, imagine that Satan is looking for somebody to kill. Will God consider you as valuable to keep you alive and preserve you? That's it. That's what the question because that's why Paul lived for so long. They put him, they beat him, did all manner of things. He understood his life's purpose. He said, my life is worth nothing to me. That is Acts 20, 22. My life, someone let's read together. My life is worth nothing to me unless I use it. The work assigned me by the Lord Jesus, the work of telling others. Yeah. That, is, that was the purpose for his life. And when he used his life for that purpose, when the time came, he said, now the time of my departure is at hand. I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Now there is laid up a crown for me. That's what they wanted to kill him like crazy. Anybody, anywhere Paul went, they wanted to kill him because it was part of his assignment. But not until he finished, nobody could kill him. Praise the Lord. One day he was uh, on a ship and the ship suffered all manner of shipwreck. Everything was lost. When he came out of the ship, uh, a venomous viper fasting itself around his hand. And when it fasting is in, everybody thought it was over for Paul. They said, hey, this guy is finished. But after a while, he shook his hand like this. Then the venomous viper fell into fire and he felt no harm. And everybody was shocked. You see, sometimes people go through experiences. Somebody can go through some crash. And when you see the car, he should not be alive. But God keeps him alive. There are others also, sometimes they come close to it. Because they are not valuable. They are not valuable. I want your life to be valuable. Am I communicating here? God must have a reason why you are here. Because there's a reason for your being here. He didn't save you for you. He saved you for him. He saved you for him. And he must feel that he has somebody he is in partnership with. Can somebody say an amen? amen? That's the first reason why people don't serve. They don't serve because they don't understand that their life in Christ is a life of service. You have been saved to serve. That's what you have been saved. You have not been saved to make money. It's good to make money. But when you use the money to serve him, then you are using the money rightly. There are people who are busy, they don't have time. Monday to Friday, no midweek, no prayer, no nothing. And they are making all the money and they don't even tithe. Praise the Lord. They don't tithe. Whatever you talk about money, they can't they can be bothered about it. You are living for yourself. And when you live for yourself, Satan can easily take advantage of you. 
I'm not communicating here. Listen, uh, for a born again child of God, you are an overcomer any day, any time. There is nothing that should take you by surprise. Number two, lack of understanding about the power of service. They lack understanding. So lack of, uh, the first one I said is what? Lack of understanding of God's purpose for our salvation. Now you understand why you are saved. I hope you understand now. Why have you been saved? God saved you for service. Somebody say, I'm saved for service. Say it, I am saved for service. Number two, lack of understanding of the power of service. Let me tell you something. <laughs> if I, I, you want to ask me one thing that can change your life for good as a Christian, I, won't, I will tell you from my own life is service. Somebody say service. 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 Everything I am and have become in Christ began because of service. 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 Availing yourself to serve. The Bible said my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Exodus 23 verse 20. Uh, 23 verse 25 he said you shall serve the lord somebody says you shall serve the lord you shall what serve the lord and he will bless thy bread and your water and i will take sicknesses from the midst of thee that was in the old but in the new he has already blessed you and as you serve him he purges you somebody say he purges you aha uh -huh. you see the bible says every tree he mean that bringeth fruit he purges so God purges you from sicknesses and disease so you can serve him more. Am I communicating here? He purges you from anything that can destroy you so you can serve him more. Every branch in me that bringeth forth fruit, he purges. Don't ask me about every branch in me that does not bear fruit because he has something to say about it. Two Christians. One has been a Christian three years. One, two months. Their lives are so different go to the bottom, you will find out that their dedication and commitment to God is different. Praise the Lord. Every branch in me that beareth fruit, he said he purged it that it may bring forward more fruit. Every branch that is not fruitful, the Bible says he also deals with it. May you be a fruitful branch. Amen. I said may you be a fruitful branch. Amen. May you be a fruitful branch. Amen. Listen, nobody rises in this kingdom without service. Somebody say nobody rises nobody nobody this is not a place where we rise with uh, our not no you rise on the platform of service in the bible in, in the book of uh, i think uh, some 89 he said i found david my servant with my holy oil i have anointed him that scripture hit me this morning and i realized that the anointing of god only rests upon people who are willing to serve if you see people who are givers god anoints them so they can give more I'm not communicating here. If you meet people who are dedicated to kingdom advancement, God anoints them. Somebody say, I don't know why I'm not anointed. I know why you are not increasing in the anointing because you are not serving. The anointing is not given for showmanship. The anointing is given for service. He said, I will pour my spirit upon all flesh, upon your servants and handmaidens in those days. So when God anoints a person, he anoints him for service. Somebody say, I'm anointed to serve. Say, I am anointed to serve. Can you see that? I have found David my... David my friend. David my boss. David my colleague. I have found David my servant. With my holy oil, I have anointed him. Now, everything else began to follow. If you read from verse 1, David was not touchable. They couldn't touch David. Can you imagine that you are the target of a whole nation's army? The commander-in-chief 
is on the road and he's coming after you. That was David. The whole Israel, the Israelite army was following after David. Everywhere he went, they wanted to kill him. But because God found in him a servant and anointed him, no matter what they did, they could not kill him. Beginning from today, no witch or wizard will kill you. See, I realize that the people who are usually more concerned about witches, witches after that, they do nothing for God. They do nothing. So when they sleep, Satan troubles them in their sleeps. That shall not be your testimony. They do nothing for God. Their life is just for themselves. Look at this. He said, I found him myself. With my holy oil have I anointed him. Look at verse 21. Everything continues there from verse 21. He said, with whom my hand shall be established. My arm also shall strengthen him. Verse 22, look at this. He said, the enemy shall not exact upon him. Nor the son of wickedness afflict him. From this day forward, nobody shall afflict you. As you diligently serve God, you will be beyond the reach of the wicked. You are beyond the reach of the wicked. In the mighty name of Jesus. Please take your seat. We don't, we, when we say, we are, I, I say it all the time. When you hear that I've gone through accident, don't believe it. My life is so connected and committed to service that I know, I will know when I'm leaving. I know. I'm one of those people who know. I know when I'll be leaving. And maybe that day, a week before that time, or if it's a Sunday, I'll just come to church, preach to you, and tell you that uh, we'll meet uh, the other side. Praise the Lord. Because Peter said, as the Lord has revealed to me, that very shortly I will put away this tabernacle. So it's not supposed to be a surprise. Paul knew it. Peter knew it. Jesus knew it. So why can't I know it? Am I communicating here? Why can't I know it? Because my life is on an assignment. When the assignment is over, wouldn't you know? Ah, you are a contractor. You do business. When they give you an assignment and you do the work and you finish, you know you have finished the work. Nobody can take you back to sight. I'm not communicating here. When you finish your work, but you see the reason why you are so concerned about death, 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 because one, you don't know the work assigned you and you are not even doing it. So you are there and anything at all. He said... The, the enemy shall not exact upon him. I'm one pastor who, that I know Satan is real, but I don't waste my time on Satan. At all! So if you are very demon driven, and I had this dream, you, you can't survive around me. It's not easy. easy. Pe- people who entertain that are deemed to be powerful. No, they are powerless. When you are powerful, you exalt the power of Christ above every other power. The Bible says, all power in heaven and earth belongs to God. And if you are connected to the one who is the source of all power, why should you be afraid of any lesser power? Am I communicating here? Didn't your Bible say, if God be for us, who can be against us? Do you really believe that? And do you believe that God is for you? So why are you so obsessed with who is against you? Why are you so obsessed with who is against you? Because you don't believe it. You don't believe it. You, you are just mentally assenting to it. You are not convicted about it. For his law. The enemy shall not exert upon him. Neither the son of weakness afflict him. Verse 23. Verse 23. All because of the anointing. And he, he placed the anointing on him because he was serving. Verse 23. I will beat down. I will beat down his foes before him. He is not the one who is going to fight them. Am I communicating here? Some people can waste all their night and I bind every witch in my family that is stopping me, that is stopping me, that is fighting against my progress. Can I tell you? I have been progressing since. Wait. I have been progressing since. And yet, 
I don't remember any day in my life where I spent time praying against all witches who are against me. Any witch that in my family that is against my rising. Any demon. I, in the name, I bind you. I don't bind them. And I'm making progress. You have been binding them and you are still stagnated. Why? Why is it that you have been binding them and you are still stagnated? Why is it that you have been binding them and you are still not making progress? Why? He says, I will beat down his foes before his face and plague them that hate him. This is God. You see, you can take the battle in your own hands. You can also handle the battle to God. That's what Jehoshaphat said. He said, I don't know what to do, but my eyes are on you. They look unto him and were enlightened and with their faces were not ashamed. Am I communicating here? Hey, listen, I want you to live your life with ease. And the easiest way to live your life is to rest in what Christ has done for you. If you know them, witches and wizards, if you know them and you are one of them, just meet together, gather all of them from Ghana, come against me, you can't still stop me. Am I communicating here? You cannot still stop me. No, because they that are with me are more than they that are against me. But you are not conscious of that. You don't know that. You don't know that. Service is the pathway to rising in the kingdom. Somebody say service. is a pathway to rising in the kingdom. Now, listen, service is the, also the doorway to fulfilling your ministry in Christ. Somebody say, I have a ministry in Christ. Ministry. Say it aloud, I have a ministry in Christ. I have a, I have a ministry. One of the people that are, are knowing to listen to as a pastor are people who come to church and they begin to talk, Pastor, I, I think I have a ministry. My ministry is this, my ministry is this, my ministry is this. And all the while they are saying all of those things, Pastor Ray, they will not join prayer, they will not join choir, they will not join nothing. And they go about, I have a ministry. You don't have a ministry. You will soon have a misery. Am I communicating here? You will soon know how that misery is what you have. You don't have a ministry. Because God does not give ministry to anybody who is not first serving. The first door key, the doorway to ministry is service. Somebody say service. service. Ask yourself, when Jesus called Peter, James, and John, what did he call them to do? To come and act as ushers. Is that not what they were, they were That's what they came to do. He didn't call them. He chose them as apostles, but he didn't start them from apostles. Am I communicating here? Yeah. I meet people all the time. People, nope. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And in these days, it's even more annoying. Now, listen. When we wake up, I wake up at 2 a.m. and I pray and I prepare. I don't prepare, so I will come and sing songs to you and you go. There are churches you go, they will sing him, 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 him. When you go, nothing, you don't feel any impact in your life. That's not the kind of church we are here. Here we change lives and we empower people. Are you here with me? Yeah, that's what we do here. I was talking about the fact that Jesus called them as apostles. But he began with them as servants. He called them. At what point did they become apostles? It was after he left. It was after he left that Peter began to walk in apostolic power. That is when we saw them. Their shadow healing the sick and all of them. It was after he left. But while he was with them, they were ushers, they were cleaners. They would go for a crusade. When they finished, he said, let them gather the fragment. When we close service and we say, let's gather the chairs, you are the first person to run off. And you are looking for an anointing. I want, I want God to really anoint me the way he has anointed Papa. He will <laughs> that is not where he started from. That is not where at all. That's not where he started from. If you want the anointing of my life, Maybe you should start going to tech first. When you go, then become a whole rep. When others are sleeping, wake up and go and call them, knock on their doors, let them listen. And then after that, be appointed as a whole rep. 
uh, uh, hostel coordinator be roaming from hostel to hostel following up people who don't want to come to church and encouraging them in their faith that's where you start from and then join go serve and serve and serve and if your service is found faithful then you are on the track that's where my path started from i have never 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 i never desired to found the church never once reverend bright is my witness that was not my dream that was my, my vision when people are sometimes i one day i heard somebody make a statement and i was just laughing in my head because he really doesn't understand that i am somebody who has been pushed into a job i didn't want to do am i communicating here that's where I am. I'm not. A, I was looking for a branch church to pastor and to make it fruitful. That was all my dream. That was my dream. Until God pushed me into where I am today. That's why I don't do ministry with a lot of stress. Because I have so much grace upon the work I am doing. Because I've been assigned to do it. I'm not communicating here. I've been assigned to do it. I've been assigned. You, in, until you have an understanding of what pe- makes people rise, you will not. Look at this. Colossians chapter 4, verse 17. He said, take heed. There are warning scriptures. When I see them, I fear for myself. Give me the New King James Version. He said, take heed. Somebody say, take heed. The word take heed means be careful. Take heed to the ministry which you have received in the Lord. That you may fulfill it. Take heed. Take heed. Let me tell you. When we meet the Lord, there is only one thing we are going to be accounting for. is the ministry we receive. And how we fulfilled it. That's why he warned him. He said, take heed to the ministry. Not the career. It's great. You earn money from there. But that's not what you're accounting for. God will not ask you how many people died in your hands as a doctor. No, that's not. How many souls you could have affected, you never affected. The difference we're supposed to make in church. The money we're supposed to give, you never gave. Because you found some better investment avenue. That's what God will ask you for. Take heed to the ministry which you have received in the Lord that you may fulfill it. Paul said, I have finished my course. Jesus said, it is finished. What will your own case be? When you die, what will your own story be? Will it be it is finished or I have a wasted life? What will it be? If you want God to decorate your life with honor, serve. Somebody say serve. Yes. A lot of people want honor but they don't know how to serve. Honor honor jesus said in john chapter uh, 12 verse 16 he said the father will honor anyone who serves me can you see that the, he said anyone who wants to anyone who wants to serve me must follow me somebody say follow me okay. because my servants must be where i am that's god my servants must be where where i am now look at this and the father will honor anyone who does what anyone who sits on me Anyone who serves me will be honored. Anyone. Anyone. Number three, lack of value for value, lack of value and priority for things of eternal relevance. The reason why people don't serve is because they lack value. Somebody say they lack value. Say they lack value. Value. Lack of value for uh, lack of value and priority for things of eternal value. Eternal relevance. It's sad that in today's body of Christ. People can take a whole year vacation from church and from ministry to pursue a course. Wow! Jesus must be crying in his grave. Thank God he resurrected because he would have been turning in the grave, left, right, center. One whole year and he's not in church. Not midweek. Nothing! And it's all because he's pursuing a course. Wow! (laughs) Wow! Wow! 
What's our aid, prophet and man if he's again the whole world and lose his soul? And when you see the dedication and the commitment with which they pursue the cause, it's as if when they finish, they will become the world president. But the Bible says, even if you gain the whole world and lose your soul, you are miserable. You see, people don't have value for eternal things. They, they, they think, oh, this one can wait. It's there forever. But you see, while eternal things can wait, you, your life has a timeline. You can die before your time. So you think that I have time. Oh, I have time. I can, it's just one year. I'll finish the master's program and I'll come back to it. What of before you finish, when you die in the process, what will become of the assignment we're supposed to do? You have not thought about it. But listen, the people who think about that and they think about it in a positive way, they live longer. That's for another day. <laughs> I want you to have value for eternal things. Have value for what? Eternal. Have value for eternal things. Have value. Have value. Some of you, your car, even when somebody touches it, you get angry. I wish somebody touches your Bible and you got angry like that. I wish that was the case. I wish somebody wanted to infringe on your commitment or your area of service and you got angry like that. Look, you are serving maybe as an usher. Somebody did something and you are annoying. You say, I'm not going there again. If they touch your car like that, you will fight. And when you finish, you sit in the car and drive it. You see, your value. Somebody say, my value. My value. Your value. And I'm telling you, life, eh? If you want to achieve great things in life, Develop positive values. Develop what? Positive. Yeah. positive values. And for you as a Christian, have spiritual values. Spiritual values. Spiritual values. There are things that are value. People think that I'm just uh, somebody who likes nice, nice, nice. Yes, I like nice things. Oh. But those are not the things I value most. If you know me well, ask my wife. Ask those who are very close to me. They know what I value most. It's not those things. It's not those things. I value spirituality above everything else above everything. Everybody that is around me, the reason why I talk a lot about Reverend Bright is because I see him as a very spiritual person. I like spiritual people. Spiritual, you can do so much with spiritual people, you may not be able to do with a million people who are rich. They are rich, but they are carnal. You can't do anything with them. But when your people are spiritual, when they are spiritual, even with their letter, you can do much. With their letter, you can do much because whatever they are giving is coming out of a good heart. Am I communicating here? It's coming out of a good heart. But when people are kana, and when you are kana, when we say somebody is worldly, he values things of the world above the things of God. The Bible says, this is there are two scriptures that are my favorite scriptures. The one I quoted earlier, that is Acts 20, 24. And then uh, the book of uh, Revelation chapter 14, verse 13. You know it. <laughs> In Revelation 13, he said, blessed are those. Look at that, he's there. Blessed are those. The new century says that. Then I heard a voice from heaven saying, write this. Blessed are the dead who die from now on in the Lord. That says the spirit of the Lord. They will rest from their hard work and the reward of all they have done stays with them. Somebody say stays with them. Let me tell you, there are things that will not stay with you when you die. Can you tell me some of them? Your car is not one of those things. You can write a will, bury me in your car. You, when you die and finish, you say, Why? Because, and, and you see, <laughs> and sometimes the people who, who do those things, they are not even born again. They are not even born again. You see, listen, there's this audacity in the spirit realm. Eh? If you are very audacious, even demons fear you. 
Yeah, even demons, they fear you. That's why faith is so powerful. Sometimes there are things that they say are sacred. There are people who are not born, who are born, sir. But the robots will be the Kusia Ego, say a Kusia Syrian, a Diabodia. Do I know what the number of me? No, a book. And you see the next person three years' time is walking about. Am I communicating here? Yeah, because he doesn't think about it. He, he, he doesn't see value in it. The reason why you also touch it and your leg will swear is because you are afraid that something is in it. That is the power of fear. Am I communicating here? That's how fear works. That's how fear works. I remember one time, one of our guys here, I don't know where he is lately, called me in his office. That he had, they had, I don't know who I went there with, whether Pastor Champo or something. Somebody had gone to put some things on his chair area. And Syria, uh, uh, this thing. And Papa, 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 I say you. <laughs> and sometimes, some of those people, you can't tell them. Because when you tell him, he's so immature that when you tell him, he'll be offended. Ujina Hobema, Wabon Sukama. Yeah, yeah, very muscular. He's one of our brothers here. Very muscular. Now, who are dear, what boss say, Kojinawa? Who is a Bema who nipper mobo? Yeah, nipper mobo, papa, 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 yes. But he doesn't see it. Or say, quote, by way, no, quite the movies on one ogre. Obidi, a tef, a what do you call it? A feathers. Feather, a cuckoo, a yakun, and a feather. Eddie, Syrian, a yakuko. Uko, I went to your office. Blessed are those, the Bible says. Yes, they will rest from their hard work and the reward of the all that they have done stays with them. Somebody say stay with them. Huh. I was just telling you that there are things that cannot stay with you. Your house is not one of those that will stay with you. I know in Benin, I slept in Benin in a house where they had buried a lot of people there. The, my first trip to Nigeria, I went by road and on the road, we, we got delayed at, some, uh, what do you call it? Uh, Lome border to the extent that when we eventually got to Benin, we have not made arrangements. We didn't have finances to do a hotel reservation along the way because we, we felt that we were, we're driving through and we were not expecting, but they delayed us in the border. Eventually, we got to uh, Benin. What's their capital? Cotonou, late. And we, we couldn't get through. So we needed to meet somebody and then anywhere was good for us to sleep. So we engaged somebody and we went with him. My other brother, Apostle Isaac, I was with him on that trip. So we went to sleep in this house, and when you go into those houses, those of you who have ever traveled to Benin and all of these things, they, they bury people in the, uh, this, and you see them like that. So where we slept, actually, uh, we just slept in between one of those, one is here, one is here, in the hall like that, and that's where we slept, we slept. And for me, that, that was not the first time, because when I used to smoke weed in Maoli school, when I smoke and I become very high, that's where I used to sleep. <laughs> when you went to Maoli school, where you go to Maoli school, Maoli school, behind Maoli school this way, they have Maoli JHS school. So in between Maoli school and Maoli JHS, there's a cemetery in between there. And usually, I'll smoke and when I finish, that's where I'll come and lie. And sometimes I'll lie there all through the night. So when I, I was sleeping there in Benin, it wasn't new to me. <laughs> that's how come I know that there's nothing in the cemetery. Am I communicating here? There's nothing there. So now, when you now pick egg and you go and mention my name in the cemetery, and now I will wake up at 2 a.m. Anywhere my name is mentioned, no, no. My name is in Christ. When you mention my name, Christ is mentioned. That's where my authority stems from. That's where my authority stems from. 
You see, when you don't concentrate on the things that are important, you will continue to waste your time and your life on the things that are not important. That's why when you go to school, there are courses they call elective courses and they are called core courses. If you must progress, take the elective seriously. Take the elective seriously. And if you are going to progress in your Christian life, take what Christ has done for you seriously. And respond appropriately. And stop wasting your time with Old Testament stuff. I'm not communicating here. In the altar, in the altar that has been raised. Which altar? Nonsense altar. Which altar? Which other altar can you raise? Do you know who is the altar in the New Testament? I am the altar. I am the temple of the Holy Ghost. And the spirit of God dwells in me. I'm not communicating here at all. That is the altar. Altar against altar. And people are following it stupidly. Because they will not read. Their eyes are so blinded, they don't want to read. And people like to be kept in bondage. That's the only thing we value. So people will keep on taking advantage of you. May your eyes be open. Number three is lack of spiritual zeal. Four, lack of spiritual zeal and fervency. The Bible says, not slothful in business. Somebody say, not slothful in business. Say, not slothful in business. Fervent in spirit. Serving the Lord. Yeah. Not lacking in zeal. There are things you should not lack as a believer. Somebody say, there are things I should not lack. Romans 12, 1. There are things you should not lack. Don't lack. Not lacking in zeal. That's what uh, the King James says. Not lacking in zeal. Don't lack in your passion for Christ. Don't lack in your passion for the gospel. Don't lack in your passion to preach. Don't lack. You can lack money. You can lack a beloved. You can lack a wife. You can lack a, ch- you can lack a child. But don't lack things of eternal value. I'm not complicating here. Don't lack it. Be passionate about your kingdom engagement. Be passionate. Don't lack it. You have everything else. You have energy for everything else. For watching useless movies. For uh, sharing useless Facebook uh, uh, videos. For doing all manner of things. Except passion to read the Bible. You don't have. Say, as for me, Pastor, when I pick the Bible small, then I feel tired. You know your problem. You are spiritually lazy. And because you lack spiritual zeal. Am I communicating here? And listen. Life, you said that. Listen. Those who rule in life are diligent. The Bible said, the hand of the diligent shall bear rule. Those who have dominion in life are always diligent people. If you are lazy, you will always be behind. Let me tell you. If you are lazy, you will always be behind in life. And people who are hardworking will always take advantage of you. They will always be ahead of you. And it's the same thing spiritually and naturally. Those, don't you see how people who are hardworking in the natural do so well in life? They do well in life. And the same way in our spiritual journey. When you are spiritually lazy, you'll be behind. That's why people will bring you dreams just to manipulate you and collect something from you. And you give it to them. And they will keep on coming, 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 coming. Thank God that we have a better light. And I, I, my values will simply not permit me to do some things. Yeah. At all. There are some things. I, I, I simply don't like taking something, receiving something I have not labored for. I don't. I don't have a relationship for no, I don't like it. My conscience will not allow me to, to give you a certain direction that will bring me a certain I cannot. It's not for selfish gain. That's not why we are here. But some of you, that is, and Satan will keep on bringing those people. Or they will keep on, when you go to the toilet, you meet them. When you go to the bank, you meet them. So the moment you leave the bank, then a certain man meet you. 
Why is it that you are the only person they are calling every time? Spiritual zeal. Passing for God. Passing for the word of God. When was the last time you picked your Bible and read it? You are in church. When I'm teaching you, take no notes. You just sit and watch because this is cantata for you. You can't be serious for a moment. May the Lord rest upon you. May the grace of God come upon you. May you be a fervent believer. The Bible says, when they saw Jesus in the temple, they say, hey, the zeal of thy house has eaten me up. The zeal. I mean, meet a Christian who is praying and he's just body bum bum like that. Ah, there's no fire in the prayer. No zeal. No exertion at all. Jesus prayed with passion. He prayed quietly. He also prayed with passion. As for me, the only prayer I know is quiet prayers. No, Jesus didn't pray only quiet prayers. I'm not communicating here. That's not the only prayer he prayed. That's not the only prayer he prayed. Number four, five, ignorance about their spiritual gift and its purpose. Somebody say, I'm gifted. gifted. Say, I am gifted. gifted. And listen, God will hold you to account. You remember when the, the the, the man who was traveling to a far country gave talents to people. Talents to people. Talents to people. And he went. And after some years, the Bible said he came and he settled account with them. Somebody say, God is coming. And he will settle account with me. All of us are gifted in different ways. In the book of 1 Peter 4, verse 10, look at what the Bible says. God has given each of us. Look at this. God has given. Let's read it together. One go. God has given each of you a gift from this, his great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to serve one another. Use them well. Use them well. What are you using them for? The Bible said we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ and we shall give account. You think you account about your banking job? No, the gift. What you use it for? The gift of serving people, following up on people, teaching people, answering people. Oh, so why you administrate that the whole Ghana is against you? IMF is as if you are listening. Yeah. There's no liveliness in what you are doing. Use them well to serve. Use them well. Use them well. All of us are gifted. There's no child of God who is not gifted. And when you don't join the body, you will not know where your gift is. You come to church, the things you are complaining about, they are are most likely the areas you are gifted to solve. Because whatever your eyes see wrong, usually shows you what you are ordained to correct. Am I communicating here? You come, you see, I I am am my, my, my life and this thing is order leadership. So when there's an disorder, I see it quickly. When I see something, eh, no matter how you do it, I can quickly see. The moment I enter a place, I see that because that's leadership. Leadership will always, you see, everywhere is perfect and it looks like everything is clean. The moment a leader enters there, he's, he begins to see things differently. I'm not communicating here. Everybody has been wired to see something. Wired to work something in the house of God. Don't sit in the church and think it doesn't matter because it matters. It matters, one, for the effective functioning of the body. And two, it matters for your own eternal destiny. It matters. You have been given a gift, use it. He says, if yours is given, give it without winching an eye. I'm not communicating. Give, 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 give. I remember one time, one lady told me, she's no longer in the church. She thinks her gift is given. I said, you, you don't even tithe. You say your gift is given. You're a joker. When your gift is given, you don't do tithing. You tithe 
and you do crazy things that is one with the gift of giving but I, I pull a tight record me i i don't like because my my i'm a leader your pastor i'm supposed to help you discover your gift and then shape you to do it so when she says her gift is given i say oh wonderful so the following week i asked them to bring me a tight card they brought it to me those are some of the things there are only two a few times your tight card can be called for when you are coming for leadership and other things i called for it and then i invited her. i said this is your tight record the last time i checked you can see it or have you been tightened and you have not been recording it? And she was just there. I said, listen, if God gives you the gift of giving, <laughs> what is expected, you do it. And then you go above what is expected. I'm not communicating. But you can't be operating below what is expected and say you have a gift of giving. No. Number six is spiritual immaturity. Yeah, spiritual immaturity. You see, when you meet someone who is matured, two things those of you who are looking for somebody to marry you are looking for somebody to do business with you are looking for a man to marry a lady to marry look for maturity somebody say maturity, maturity. yeah maturity nowadays is not in the fact that a person is a graduate he may be a graduate but we a baby and there are many of them around now he may have a first degree He's, he may even have money and be mature yeah so maturity there are two important features of maturity one is a sense of responsibility and two is productivity when you meet people who are mature they are responsible and they are productive they are productive that's why an eight-year-old girl cannot take seed and be able to carry the pregnancy and deliver she's immature she can't be productive because she's immature when you mature we expect that fruit to come out of your life is that not what we expect is that not what we expect so how come you have been in church all these years? There's no fruit in your life. There's nothing you are doing that is benefiting other believers in the church. Nothing. All you do is to come and receive. In fact, the keyboard even makes contribution to the service more than you. Because when you come, you just sit and go. After the keyboard, when it's played, it adds value and beat to the song. I'm not communicating here. Maturity. You are responsible and then you are contributive. When you meet a baby, they are always looking for what they can get. Is that not it? Babies don't give anything. Babies don't give anything. I tell our kids, I was telling with my wife, that there are things that they should, we were assigned them roles to be doing. Yeah, because there was a time where we did everything for them. Now, they are getting into a certain state, they must be doing some things also for us. That's what happens. When you are a child, a baby, we do everything for you. We bath you, we brush your teeth, we wipe your diapers, we do all of that for you. When you mature, one, you do it for yourself, and two, you begin to look for who you can do that for. I'm not communicating here. That is a mature Christian. That's a mature Christian. So, we meet babies all around us, and they are in church. The mature ones are easily offended. Children are always fighting. Have you seen that? I don't know whether it's only with my children. They are always fighting. They can't simply stay together in one piece. That's a sign of immaturity. You join the choir, you fight. You join the ushers, you fight. Everywhere you go, you fight. Lady, sit down and mature. Grow up and let that childishness be gone of you. Can somebody say an amen? amen. Only one person's heard me, so you say amen. Listen, I came with a lot of amens here. I am super motivated to teach what I'm teaching. So you say amen, you help. You don't say amen, what, what is supposed to go or go forth. Am I communicating here? Are you here with me? Yeah, you better say amen well. 
Romans chapter 15 verse 1 and 2. He says, we who are strong, we who are what? Must be considerate of those who are sensitive about things like this. We must not just please our... Uh-huh. Look at verse 2. We must help others do what is right and build them up in the Lord. Those who are strong, that's what they do. You are weak. That's why you are bitter and angry. Oh, uh, I'm offended. That's why I'm not coming to church. No, the offense is only a facade. You are weak spiritually. That's who you are. Admit that. You are weak spiritually. You are weak. He says those who are help others, build them up. You don't have a muscle. You can't lift yourself up. Then you are going to help somebody lift up weight. You are weak. Spiritual babyhood manifests itself in different, different things. Different, different things. You give them assignment. They can't do it. They complain. They, that, that's all about spiritual weak, uh, weakness. Number seven, selfishness. Somebody say selfishness. Huh. A lot of people don't serve in church because they are selfish. Selfish. You know, a selfishness to come to a church where somebody has cleaned the, uh, clean the floor, the chair you sit on, you go to the washroom, somebody has cleaned it, you go and use it, uh, you come, you enjoy songs other people have rehearsed and they have done, and then you sing it, and when they miss a key, you see, huh. you didn't make any effort on your part, but you are just enjoying. You know who you are? You are selfish. A selfish person benefits from the contribution of others without thinking of ways he can make contribution for others to enjoy. That's a selfish person. And you see, the spirit of Christ is not that one of selfishness. The spirit of Christ is always looking for what it can generate and contribute to others. Look at what the Bible says. Philippians chapter 2 verse 4. He said, don't look out for your own interest. Somebody say my own interest. When you come to church, stop looking for your own interest. The song must be the one you like. The ushers must go the way you like. The preaching must go the way. In fact, some people are so selfish that when they come to church, they want the pastor to preach what they want to hear. Not what God wants him to preach. Selfish. Meet their needs. That's all. Not God's needs. Thank God I am not one of such. Paul said, if I yet please men, I am not a servant of Christ. Don't look for your own interests. We are meeting at this time for rehearsal. Your own interests. I can't make it. Now, if everybody gave the time they could make it for rehearsal, you think we'll have rehearsal? You think we'll have rehearsal? If everybody gave the time, we say services at this time. I can make it at this time. I can make it at this time. Let's clean the auditorium at this time. That, that time is not favorable. Listen. That's why you are not serving God. Because you are selfish. Selfless people go out of their way. They go out of their schedule to be able to do things. Just because others will benefit from it. I'm not communicating here. They just not look at what favors me. Selfish person, what favors me? If it doesn't favor me, it, it won't work. If it doesn't favor me, it won't work. Then many times I've stood here preaching and my body's health does not favor me, but I preach to you. Many times I've stood in the night praying for you when I should be sleeping and resting my body. I do that for you. When you are selfish, you go through life and you will never make progress with your life. Selfless, selfish people don't advance in life. Because the gift of life was given for contribution. Somebody say contribution. Contribution. I met people for prayer after, at, at a time where my whole day has been so busy and exhausted. And I should just call the people and postpone it. But there's a schedule and it must be kept. But sometimes when you give opportunity to others and you look at their approach and their attitude, you will simply stop them from doing what they ought to do. Am I communicating here? 
Selfish people. If you don't drop your selfishness, you can't make progress with your life. I'm telling you. Anywhere you find yourself, think about that. Number eight, pride. Somebody say pride. Pride. Somebody say pride. pride. Yeah, pride. The basic reason why some people don't serve is pride. They are saying, oh, I don't have time. They, 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 it's not any of them. It's because you are proud. P-R-O-U-D. You are proud. Full of yourself. Too important about yourself. And you think you are somebody. The truth of the matter is that this morning, I'm telling you, from the truth of scripture, you are nothing. You have to understand that. You are nothing. You are a manager. You are a lawyer. You are an accountant. Listen, those things don't matter with God. Before God, you are nothing. Nothing. And that should not enter your head. A humble person is one who is something, but makes himself as if he's nothing. That's a humble person. That's Christ. The Bible said, though he was God, he made himself of no reputation. When you meet somebody who is trying to let you know who he is, they are usually nothing. Give them their job and they will struggle. Because that pride will not allow them to perform the way they ought to perform. Go through scripture. Everybody who was very outstanding, they always adopted the posture of I'm nothing. From scripture, Moses, God met him. He said he was a scholar by all standards. He understood archaeology, architecture, military. Oh, he has studied everything. He said, I cannot speak. Can you believe that? A man who has studied architecture, studied law, said every. he said, I can speak. That was a man God used to bring the children of Israel out of Egypt. Because when you think you are something, God cannot use you. God uses empty vessels. He fills them up with his power and they are able to do exploits. Those who are full of themselves, they will always go back to God empty. Go away from God empty. And I pray that you will descend from your throne, that throne of your profession. You descend from it. You think you can't usher, you can't clean the washrooms because you are a doctor? <laughs> I pity you. Because you are a banker? I pity you. Because you are a lawyer? I pity you. Jesus was God. He was God. The Bible says in Philippians chapter 2 verse 5. Look at that with me. Philippians chapter 2 verse 5. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form, who being in the form of God, taught no robbery to be equal with God. He was equal with God. Who are you equal with? You are a lawyer, but you are not equal with the chief justice. You are a lawyer. You are not equal with the high court justice. You are making yourself somebody. Give me amplify. Something amplify quickly. Who, although existed in the form and changing essence of God, as one with God, possessing all the fullness of all the divine attributes, the entire nature of deity, did not regard equality a thing to be grasped, asserted as if he did already possess and was afraid of losing it. That was Christ. And that's why he's exalted and given a name above every name. Some of you are here, you want to be great. Your pride, oh, it won't take you anywhere. Drop it. And listen, if there's a place we drop pride, it's in church. Church is the only place where the only thing that joins us together is not our degree, but the fact that we are all being saved by the grace of God. Am I communicating here? When you come here, the one who has a degree, the one who has none, the one who is a specialist, the one who is not a specialist, all of us are here because of Christ. The one who is a doctor was not saved by a superior blood. It's not that me, who is a carpenter, it is uh, animal's blood that saved me. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. All of us have been saved and sanctified by the blood of Christ. So don't come here and make yourself as if you are superior. You are not superior to anybody. You are nothing. Here we are all on the same level. 
Am I communicating here? We are children of God. Learn to flow with people. You can't even talk to somebody. People come to you and you give them an attitude. Somebody wants to approach you. You have made yourself such a way that people cannot even approach you in church. Who are you? Go to the mortuary. When they die, the professors, they die. Look at how they put them there. They, they are professors. They die and you look at, is this Professor Rokubrobe? Is this Professor So-and-so? Is this? When he was alive, he looked like everybody was under his subject. Everybody was under him. His word was rule. But the moment you die, you are reduced to nothing. And listen, walk with that consciousness. You are nothing. Because that's what scripture says. Look at what the Bible says. In the book of Galatians, he said, let him that thinks himself to be something and not ought to know that he's nothing. Good. For if anyone, somebody say anyone. Anyone, anyone means that uh, whatever the anyone is, a business owner, a banker, uh, an architect, whoever. If anyone thinks himself to be something, when he is what? When he is what? And in Christ, I want you to know that in Christ you are nothing. All the value you have is because of Christ. Do you understand what I'm saying? Everything you have is because of Christ. It is because of Christ. If Christ had not given you the wisdom, you would not have gone to school to become who you have become. That position you have entered in, that you have eaten you up and you can't come down to fellowship with ordinary people like us. That position, that car you have, which was somebody used a car that has been used you didn't even buy a tear rubber. You bought it used. And you are riding in that car. And you are acting as if you are riding on a, a car that has been made, manufactured, customized for you. Even people who drive customized vehicles, they still have time to talk to people. They are nice to people. They relate with human beings. Listen, don't drop pride. How God will drop your pride, you won't like it. The Bible consistently tells people, humble yourself. Humble yourself, humble yourself, because God does not like to humble people, and people are never happy when God humbles them. If you don't humble yourself, very soon, you will be eating grass like Nebuchadnezzar, because that's how God humbles people. You don't humble yourself, very soon, you will not die before you decompose. While you are talking and bragging, throwing your weight about, animals will be coming from you. Your body will decompose like Herod. That's humility. And let me tell you, the holy place where we come and we have the opportunity to demonstrate humility is in the church. Because when you come to church, you are, you are forced to do things you don't do at your workplace. When you go to your workplace, Pastor James, and the office is messy, you will call a cleaner to come and clean. But here, when you come to church, you go to the washroom and the place is messy. If you have sense, spiritual sense, and if you are born again, you are humble, you will not call ushers to do it. You do it first. And then maybe afterwards you tell them that please, uh, maybe one of you should come early. Am I communicating here? Me, today, if nobody is here to clean the toilet, I will do it with joy. And it will be as clean as my office. Am I communicating here? It will be as clean as my office. And you even know that I'm the one who did it. No. That's why when my father comes, I, I have so many people, I have too many avenues to do it. You see, humility demands that you humble yourself. You do minor jobs. Learn to do minia jobs and train your children at home to do minia jobs. I'm not communicating here. You are raising children, and every time people are doing things, you are never involved. The children now begin to think that they have a superior mentality. They don't do things, other people do things for them. And if your children grow with the mindset that other people do things for them, they are in jeopardy. Your future is damaged because they will get to a place in life where they have to do things for themselves. But here you are, you have made yourself Lord and Ogre. Humble yourself. Am I communicating here? 
pride. The reason why you are not serving is because you are proud. I don't want to now work out about that man and I say, Oh, no, 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 there are times where you are in church and you see people display their gift and it makes it look like you, you can't do anything. I mean, you see uh, Thelman lead a song here and the way she does it, she will talk soft and sing the song with some. I, <laughs> I remember we, we, <laughs> we, 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 had, we, had, uh, we had this uh, wedding somewhere. Uh, I think someone, uh, a champion, your brother's wedding. And when we were there, the guys didn't know that I was, uh, were outside. So we're just talking. And then she lifted her voice and she was talking. I heard the two guys, they were just standing by, they didn't know my role there. They said, ah, it's amazing. Amen. Yeah. You look at her gift. And the way she wrote the song and take it up. Though you are also gifted to sing, you are intimidated. No, no. no. God knows that. God knows that. But God also wants to hear joyful noise from you. The Bible says that there are some voices, they make sweet noises. That Abbas is a joyful noise. There are some, you see, make a joyful noise unto the Lord. I'm not complicated here. <laughs> but by all means, use your voice. Use your voice. Don't be afraid. The Bible says, For God has not given us the spirit of fear, but a power of love. Don't be afraid to use your gifts. One carried his gift and buried it in the tide. When the man came, he didn't punish him because he, this, he punished him because he wasted the gifts. And heaven is not an end, but you'll be punished in heaven for the gift you buried because people did not profit from the gift. Number 10. Number 10 is that they are ashamed of public identification with Christ and kingdom matters. They are afraid. They are ashamed. They are ashamed. They are ashamed. They are ashamed. Because, because I'm a doctor, I can't pick microphone and be on the street preaching. Yeah. Good news, man. And my pastors, get ready because we'll be going out. Yeah, we'll be going out. And uh, this year, the schedule will be done. All pastors will preach some. Good news. I, I thought I would hear Amy from the pastors. Pastors, look at me here. Yeah. You stand out and preach. Yeah. Because we, we like to appear nice to people. Paul said, I am not ashamed. Look. Mark 8:38. When I was in the university, before I became CCF president and after I became CCF president, we used to preach on the uh, Mecca Road. Mecca Road. One of my friends is going to be with the Lord. Pastor Blessing. We will preach there. We'll use microphones. And while people are going for class, we'll stand there and be preaching. And when we finish, we'll go to the class. In my class, I was a president and I forced myself to become class president until they got annoyed with my preaching and deposed me. <laughs> because, and I did that consistently. A 
every time when I came to the class, we we'll have morning devotion. Some of my lecturers didn't like me because of that. We have morning devotion. Well, I'm the class president. We have morning devotion. Some of them, uh, while we are doing it, they are looking somewhere. I don't care. Morning devotion, I will preach the word. I'm not communicating here. You are saved. People come to your consulting room. But this time, as a member of this house, as a doctor, you have a pack of our flyers there. When you finish, you give them one. But you want them to know you as a very nice doctor. You don't want to introduce religion to them. If you can't introduce religion to people in Ghana, why you are free to do so? Is it when you go to the West that you can talk to people about Christ? Here, we can talk to people about Christ anywhere we meet them without recourse of the law. But there are places. There are places in the world today. There are places in the world today. There are places in the world today. As a teacher, you are not permitted to mention Christ in the classroom. And you have that opportunity. And you are just sitting on it. And then when somebody risks that. Somebody is in the US. Somebody is in Canada. Somebody is in Afghanistan. And he's not supposed to mention Christ. And at the risk of his life. He mentions Christ. They jail him. And sometimes they behead him. And then this person enters heaven. And he's being saluted. And you are entering. And you, are required, you want to be saluted like that. In fact they should welcome you with a slap. Not a salute. I'm not communicating here. That's what you deserve. Because if you look at both, you are not on the same level. You are not on the same level. You see, listen. You see, the Bible said, every man according to the work that he shall done, God will reward us. One of the things God will look out for to reward us is the sacrifices we make for him. Somebody say sacrifices. 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 Don't be ashamed. Somebody say, I'm not ashamed. This is what Jesus said. If anyone is ashamed of me, and my message, look at how he describes this generation. In this adulterous and sinful days, the son of man will be ashamed of that person when he returns in glory with his father, with his holy angels. You are ashamed. You are ashamed to talk to people about Christ. You are ashamed to let people know that you too speak in tongues. I pity you. You are ashamed. You can't publicly speak in tongues. You, can, you, you go for a prayer meeting in your office and they are praying and your voice cannot be heard. And you say you are a charismatic spirit-filled believer. You are a disgrace to the Holy Ghost. Let your voice be heard. You didn't ask them to pray. They said we should pray. Am I communicating? And you should release some fire in the atmosphere. Am I communicating here? That's a Christian who is on fire. Not the one who is diplomatic. You are too diplomatic than a polit- politician rather than a preacher. Diplomatic so nice so liked everybody likes you the only person who hates your behavior is god everybody likes you everywhere you go the bible says woe is you when everybody likes you you don't offend anybody with your faith you live on the same for uh, uh, what do you call it uh, hostel with a lot of people and you have not gone to the next door to even invite the person there to church whether he goes to church or not I remember many years ago, I had, uh, what do you call it, Pastor Matthew Asimolo, on a walk somewhere in Lagos. And a lady met her and handed over a flyer to Matthew Asimolo. Who doesn't know Matthew Asimolo? A man that is on several screens preaching the gospel. But this lady still went and handed it over. Am I communicating here? There are people that may appear godly, but they may not. Am I communicating here? There are people you may think they are in church, but Sunday when they dress and they go, you don't know whether they are going to church or not. And they are on your same, you are, they, you are on the same, you share the same floor with them, the same flat with them. You live in a flat, there are several people there, you have never gone to the flat, 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 flat to talk to them about Christ or invite them to church. Either sometimes because of your own sinful lifestyle, 
because what were we were crowns who change the guests we banoko we banoko and you can't even approach them about it and the other is that you are so selfish you can't think about them they can go to hell you and your wife you are fine you'll be shocked when you get to eternity am i communicating here am i communicating here at all i like the way the place is quiet think about what i'm preaching think about what i'm preaching think about what listen i know i have quite some time to live but i know that time is also short because the Messiah is coming soon it's not my death that is imminent it's the soon return of my king i'm not communicating here that is my greatest motivation and passion now i could go and be with him when i'm done with my assignment but if he, because he owns the assignment he can decide that the assignment yeah i'm not communicating here so with whichever angle i i am town bound and i will not come and sing songs to you I will not come and tell you fairy tales. I will not come and tell you fables. So, like me or not, I preach what Christ will have me preach. I'm not communicating here. I'm not communicating somebody at all. And those who align themselves, you will see what God will do with your life. I've told you it's just five years. Five years! I've said it again and again. Five years! And the, the, it will be clear. The tales in this house will be clear. The wheat and the tales will be very clear. People who are nobodies, people who don't have much, they don't have much connection. God will just raise them. Because your heart is for God. He will just raise them. He will just raise them. And those that are expecting to be raised, they will be dumped. The Bible said promotion coming up from the east and the west. God is a judge. He puts down one and sets up another. I'm not communicating here. Paul said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. Somebody say, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. Shout, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. Say, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. Every time we are on the field, and we are sharing flies, we are doing so winning, and you join them, I see spirituality. One of the reasons why I like you is because of those things. I tell you, it's because of those things. Yeah? It's because of those things. It's not very hard to please me. Just be busy about the things that are pleasing to God we come and you are joining it gets me excited because I'm, I'm working with people that God can elevate not people who have been eating up by their positions which are no positions because every position you think you have and it's a position there's somebody who's higher than you and if nobody is higher than you there is a most high shame on you I'm not communicating here there is a most high whose position is above everybody else do you know who I am? Do you know my office? What is that office? Who gave you that office? A man can receive nothing except it be given to him from above. Number, number 11, offenses. Somebody say offenses. Why are you not serving? You're offended. You're offended. You did something. Maybe uh, he said you were sick. The choir didn't visit you. So you're offended. You are no longer joining the choir. <laughs> you see, let me tell you something. The benefit of serving in the house of God are too many. But one outstanding one, when you serve with the right attitude, one outstanding one is that it refines your character. It refines what? I'm telling you, it refines your character. You see, no matter how much you study the Bible, eh, your character will not change until your character is first exposed to human beings. That's why you can be a holy person. The saints... You know the saints where they used to live? 
the saints they didn't used to live among people the monks thank you the monks they used to live in far away places because your holiness will be holy when you, you you can say you are holy when you have not been tested nobody has anointed you so you are say you are patient how will you develop the fruit of patience let them annoy you forgive and then you are growing in it am i communicating here how but you 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 can't be yes shouting on you now then what's in your minister then your pride gets affected then you see the need to develop humility am i communicating here how can you talk to me like that in the choir i'm not coming for the rehearsal again i'm not playing the instrument again you know what that is pride and it's going to destroy you that is what is going to destroy you you don't want to be spoken to it's pride and that pride you you read the bible and you think you are humble listen 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 that is why fellowship is critical and it's one of the foundations we're talking about that's why we come together you can't be a true christian alone you can believe in christ alone but you can't serve christ alone note that for me you can accept christ alone but you can't serve christ alone you serve him by serving the fellow believers you serve him serve him serve him do you know the number of times you think that oh papa is a very forgiving man he's a nice person hey that niceness has come out of a lot of things people have done and have forgiven them praise the lord when I say I live in advanced forgiveness, it's because I've been forgiven and forgiven and forgiven that when people do it, I don't even see it. I don't even wait for apology because I expect people to do something that will offend me. And when they do it, I've already forgiven them. But oh, Praise the Lord. Yeah, easily offended. Easily offended. And yet your workplace your boss has offended you the laborer has offended you the cleaner has offended you and still because of your love for money you have not resigned from the place but you say i want to resign from the choir i want to leave the church i want to do something else you see all of these boils down to one thing you are wedly and carnal wedly and carnal that is who you are and you need to be told the truth for his law wedly and carnal offenses offenses look at what the bible says Ephesians chapter 4 verse 31 to 32 offenses come to church even when the message is being preached you can be offended i will not doubt that somebody is getting offended at what i'm preaching I, you are offended now and it's it's an indication that your distraction is very close and i'm beginning to pray that god will have mercy on you because if you are offended at the word of god which is supposed to be your savior where, where is your future where is your future? The Bible says, let all bitterness. Can you see that? Let some bitterness. The bitterness from your work. The bitterness from your wife. He said, let all bitterness. Pastor, I am believing God for the fruit of the womb. Let bitterness go. And you will need to go to Atria Mountains and yet you will conceive. Let bitterness go. Let bitterness go. Ask Hannah how she conceived. She said, out of my bitterness, I poured out my soul. One day, she, she was constantly provoked and annoyed by the pinina. One day, she went and poured all her bitterness out. And then the man of God said, go. And the Lord hear your request. The next season, she took seed. Because some of you, what you need is not a laying off of hands. It's to let your heart be clean. 
let the bitterness go let wrath let anger glamour even speaking be put away from you all malice all what all all i tell people all the time when you say somebody makes you angry ask yourself you may also be a very impatient person because there are two sides to a queen every queen has two sides they, 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 they will provoke me they provoke me no 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 it's not their provocation the problem is you because the same provocation other people get it and they don't respond the way you are responding so how come your own is a special case he says verse 32 uh, read this one and be ye kind one to another what what tender do you know what a tender heart is it's a heart that forgives quickly it forgives quickly there are some beef be our uh, soft. If you try beef. If you go out and you eat and you they give you that kind of thing in public, by the time you finish your your, your dress is all. So because chilling barry. Are you a some of you, that's how you are. That's how you are. Tender hearted. One matter. Watching. Watching. Almost a year. You keep on referring your husband to it. You are not tender hearted. You are not kind. You are not tender hearted. You are not kind. One matter. It happened two years ago. Everybody you meet, that's what you tell them. You are not tender hearted. He said, forgiving one another. And he tells you the standard. Somebody say the standard. Even as Christ. As, as God, for Christ's sake, had forgiven you. So, when you pray, forgive us our debtors. For if you do not forgive men, they are, that is for Old Testament. Here, that's not our own. Our own is that we forgive because Christ has forgiven us. I'm not communicating here. So, you see, in the old, what you used to do is that you do it to earn it. Alright? Uh-huh. So what you did was that when you forgave, then God will forgive you. But in this our dispensation, God has forgiven you. He has made you indebted so you don't have a reason to hold on to somebody. Am I communicating here? Yeah, that's why people who fail to forgive are punished severely. You remember when Jesus gave the, the analogy a man was forgiving a few uh, money uh, uh, amount and then somebody was giving so much and the one who was forgiving so much went and held on to the neck of the person he owed so much. He said he will be punished. He will be thrown into a place where there is national teeth. Because your own was so much, you have been forgiven. Without conditions. What is it? Oh, you don't understand what we are doing here. Pray, Lord, lead us into temptation is fine. But forgive us. For if we do not from our heart forgive our debtors, neither would God. No, 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 no. That makes God too small. If God ties his own for, his, his ability to forgive to your unforgiveness, no, we say, we come at say, we lay. No, 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 no. It won't work. He will keep people in too much bondage. So he has forgiven you. So you're already indebted. You owe God forgiveness. So anytime anybody does anything against you, you are obligated to forgive the person. Can somebody say an amen? amen? That's forgiveness. Even as Christ has forgiven you. My last point is 
worldliness. Somebody say worldliness. Say worldliness. Yeah, that's what the people don't say. Worldliness. Worldliness. John, fair John, for love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. For if any man love the world, can you see that? If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not. The love of the Father is not. The love of the Father is not. So one way we see that somebody loves God is his love for the brethren. When somebody loves God, he will not love the world. When you see somebody who is personally in love with the world, he doesn't love God. The love of the Father is not in him. And one authentic proof that the love of the Father is in the person is his love for the church. Husbands, love your wife just as Christ loves the church. It, it, it is almost a uh, paradoxical to say that you love Christ but you hate the church. It doesn't work. Are you here with me? It doesn't work. I don't like the church. I don't like the people in the church. Then you don't like Christ because Christ and the church are one. Demas, the Bible says, 2 Timothy 4.10. He said, for Demas had forsaken me, having loved the present world and is departed. He loved, he was supposed to go with Apostle Paul into great sacrifices. He abandoned him because he loved the world. Some of you love the world. Some sure you can go do away with so that you can give 50 CDs to somebody to be saved for the camp. You, you rather put it and add shoes you don't need to wear. Yeah, you, you add it to shoes you don't need to wear. Love for the world. Genuine love for God is demonstrated in motivate, motivate us to save. The Bible says, for brethren, we have been called unto liberty. Galatians 5.13. Only not use not your liberty for the things of the world. Look at that. Let's read together one go. For brethren, you have been called unto liberty. Only use not liberty for an occasion to the flesh. But by love, serve one another. By love, serve. By love, serve one another. When we love God, we serve one another. We serve. We serve. We serve one another. We serve one another. The Bible says in Colossians chapter 3, verse 1 and 2, I close with that. Colossians 3, 1 and 2. Therefore, if you've been raised, somebody say, I'm raised. Oh, say it, I'm raised. Shout, I am raised. He said, for if you have been raised with who? Christ, to a new life. How many of you can see that you have a new life in Christ? That's what we keep on saying. If any man be in Christ, is a new creature. You've been raised, sharing in the resurrection from the dead. Keep seeking Keep what? Please look at that. Keep what? Seeking the things that are above. Where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Verse 2. Verse 2. Set your mind. Set your. Set your. And keep focus. Habitually on things above. The heavenly things. Not on things that are on the earth. Which have only temporal value. I thought you say an amen. Amen. What are the things that are most dear to you? Temporal value. Temporal value. Love not the world, not the things of the world. The Bible said, The world passeth away and the last thereof. But he that does the will of God, he that does the will of God will abide forever. You will abide forever. I said, You will abide forever. Your finances will abide. Your family will abide. Your health will abide in the name of our Lord Jesus grace to serve God profitably receive that grace 
If you want to accept Jesus and make him your Lord and Savior, you want to say this prayer after me. Mean every word and then believe it in your heart. Say, Lord Jesus, I confess that you are my Lord and my Savior. I believe with my heart that you died and rose again for me. By my belief, I am justified. And by my confession, I am saved. Thank you for saving me in Jesus' precious name. Amen and amen. If you pray that prayer in faith, you are a new creation. All things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. God bless you. We look forward to having you join us again and again. We are blessed. Pastor Afuakwa has just placed in your hands the key for all-round victory, success, and limitless prosperity. Share your testimonies with us on 020-422-5790 or email us at embassyoflifechapel at gmail.com. Get interactive with Pastor Afuakwa on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. For more information, visit our website at www.embassyoflife.org. Fellowship with us this and every Sunday for our service at our headquarters church from 8.30am to 11am for our good news service. And on Wednesdays for our discovery service from 6pm to 8pm. Our church auditorium is located on the top floor of Nanama Ejakuma Plaza opposite the Unity Oil Station, Santata Runabout, Kumasi, Ghana. Alternatively, you can join us online for our services on Embassy of Life Chapel, Facebook or YouTube pages. God richly bless you. Oh, no, no, no.